0: Celiac disease versus a food sensitivity. Stay tuned to learn the difference.
1: This is Live Forever-ish with Michael A. Smith, MD. Here's Dr. Mike.
0: So my guest today is Dr. Marie Robert. She is a nationally recognized gastrointestinal surgical pathologist. She is also the chief science officer for Beyond Celiac dot um, org, which is a non nonprofit. We're going to get into that with her, um, Dr. Robert. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Dr. Mike. It's a pleasure to be with you today.
0: You know, I'm I'm always a little curious about the the, the stories of my guests and how how they got into some line of study or why they're interested in some topic. What about you? Why celiac disease?
1: Well. Uh, so I uh, when I went to medical school at the University of Michigan, I became interested in studying pathology as a specialty uh, where you look at the biopsies and things under the microscope and make diagnoses. And so I did my training in surgical pathology and gravitated towards gastrointestinal diseases in which I did my training. And it started right then back in the day when I was at UCLA in Los Angeles uh, doing my residency training. My mentor was a gastroenterologist who studied celiac disease and my very first uh scientific publication was on the topic of ah. actually something called refractory celiac disease. And from there I just continued along those uh, along that avenue. I've yeah. been a professor at Yale University School of Medicine for uh, 25 years uh and recently uh became the chief scientific officer for beyond celiac
0: very good yeah so let's let's talk a little bit first about celiac disease and um, you know give us the formal definition of celiac disease and and how many people actually have it
1: so celiac disease is a genetic uh, autoimmune disorder it's an autoimmune disease uh, and it actually can be quite serious uh, and it's triggered by uh, consuming uh, a a protein called gluten that is you all over the place in wheat and barley and rye and in all sorts of processed foods where gluten is used to sort of help stuff uh, stick together, uh, and it's actually having a genetic basis that can be tested for, and it it's also true that families who have one member with celiac disease are at risk to have other members in the family have also have celiac disease.
0: Yeah, and, and so... in terms of just one quick question though when you when you mention that the the gluten is found in many many different food sources is that is that what has led then to some people maybe being a little sensitive to gluten but not necessarily having the diagnosis of celiac disease
1: well, so um. I the, the short answer is I don't know it's a complex topic but but just to so but let me I'll, if I back up a little I think I'll get to this answer what you're referring to is something that the the docs are now calling non-gluten or excuse me non-celiac gluten sensitivity okay. and that's a real unknown it's a real question mark as to whether that's actually a, an entity a thing um And, and, but, but folks who, there are folks out there who really think they feel a lot better when they just avoid gluten in their diet who do not have celiac disease. So if I just, though, to back up to answer one of your questions about how many people have celiac disease, it's actually a, um, sort of a very bad secret, but, but about 1% of the population, so about 3 million people in the Mm. United States alone have celiac disease. And what's really tricky about it is that the vast majority don't know they have it um because they haven't been tested, and it that's that's one of the biggest problems in celiac disease is is getting the word out there that all these weird symptoms, which I think we're going to talk about shortly, yeah. actually should make one consider getting tested because it's so easy to test yeah
0: well, that was going to be one of my questions for you as an expert uh Dr. Robert, in celiac disease you know um what are the signs. What are the symptoms that people should watch for or look for if they suspect that they might have celiac disease?
1: So there are a whole host of symptoms, and what I what I don't want to do to to any readers is is make folks um, you know be overly concerned that they have a, an, an illness. Um, however. It is true to say that folks go along for sometimes 6 to 10 years on average struggling with these very vague and very very burdensome symptoms uh before getting the correct diagnosis of celiac disease. So I'll i would be happy to share but you'll see that it's a host of things of all different um you know body parts that you wouldn't even think have anything to do with the GI tract. But So, But, for example, the the classic would be having um, bloating or gas or abdominal pain, um, having diarrhea or constipation, believe it or not. Uh, But all sorts of other things like generalized fatigue, um, itchy skin, problems with your teeth like discoloration, joint pain, Hmm. even behavioral uh, problems, irritability, uh, weight loss. Uh, and delayed growth in children who might might have a stunted growth, it can even lead to fractures and thin bones, a migraine headaches, uh, and um, be associated with other autoimmune diseases
0: that's so that's a big yeah you're right that's that's a big host of symptoms well where, where, and you could see know. Uh, you know uh, many doctors probably are ruling out other things if you're presenting with some of those symptoms i guess you know the ones related to diarrhea and constipation you might be thinking ibs or something like that before you're thinking right. celiac disease right, so celiac right, disease right, takes the back right. seat and all of that so that 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 is right. a, a nice laundry list let's um but let me ask you this then so with knowing that 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 those are some of the symptoms. Is it if a if one of my listeners, let's say, has has some of these symptoms, they've been going back and forth with different doctors. You know, they thought it was IBS, but now they're not so sure if it's IBS. I mean, at at what point do we need to, as clinicians, at what point as the patient do we need to speak up and say, "Hey, maybe I need to be tested for celiac disease"?
1: I think right away. I think that we need to have. I'm going to be very radical here. I think. There needs to be a movement in this country on the part of pediatricians and physicians in general to simply test for celiac disease when folks come in with with symptoms uh, that could be related to celiac disease that are otherwise unexplained and that are chronic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Put it up front, right? Don't put it back. It's (laughs) a simple blood test. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that the thing is, is that there can be um, harm. So there, there can be harms that one can get over. Like you can stop having belly pain and you can feel good again. But there are harms that that cannot be undone, like thin bones, uh, and and even things like infertility. There are folks who would want to have, have children, uh, and were not able to have children, or had multiple miscarriages for, for mysterious reasons, uh, or even a stillbirth. And then, uh, lo and behold, uh, they're yeah. they're fifty, and only to find out at that age that really the problem all along was celiac. With celiac, maybe.
0: yeah, you're right. So it,
1: it there really there really are some tragic stories of uh, that's probably the most tragic, but there are other missed opportunities and lives affected for many years. Uh, yep. I know of a young woman, just another example, sixteen-year-old, uh, uh, multiple fractures in her leg, and just poo-pooed as oh, it's running, it's this and that. You're an athlete and was finally at age 27 diagnosed with celiac disease and severe osteoporosis.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I, and, and I'm sure there are more stories like that. So I guess like from one of my listeners, Dr. Robert, they, they might be thinking, well, if, if, it's, if celiac disease is not up front in the, in the minds of the doctor, and maybe the test is real expensive and hard to do. Tell us about how we test for it.
1: So the test is easy and inexpensive. Okay, so it's completely the opposite. <laughs> it's, a, right? it's a it's it's a it's a simple blood test um, looking for an antibody called uh, an antibody to a molecule that that is normal in the body called tissue transglutaminase. Is a very long, fancy name, hard to pronounce, um, but it's just the it's the it's the protein in our bodies that if you're susceptible to celiac disease that your your immune system attacks. And the attack of this protein has a whole bunch of downstream effects that eventually lead to the small intestine not being able to absorb nutrients. Yeah. And that's where the trouble begins. I want to point out to the readers that, that um, a little word about beyond celiac, I said I just uh, am now the chief scientific officer, Beyond Celiac is a foundation that uh, has been in existence for 15 years, founded by a woman, Alice Bast, who herself suffers from celiac disease. And this organization uh, is at the forefront of providing patients with the real information. Uh, It's all vetted by physicians and um, key opinion leaders throughout the country. Uh, and I would invite readers who are interested in finding out more about celiac disease to go to the website, beyondceliac.org, and uh, there's just loads and loads of information. There's Facebook page as well and newsletters and all sorts of things, including if anyone is listening who has celiac disease. Uh, there are ways to join our registry and even participate uh, in research.
0: Very nice. That's beyondceliac.org. Yeah, go check it out. So let's say I'm diagnosed, Doctor Robert, with celiac disease. I just avoid gluten, right? Doesn't that take care of it?
1: Yeah, right. Oh <laughs> gosh, if, and and and, the, and what a lousy life that is. Um, so so um, the the um, the treatment, uh, as you know, the, there is no treatment. There's only management. Uh, right now, this is all going to change There's very good news on the horizon for celiac disease patients um, and right now, the only treatment is management by avoiding gluten and even though there are lots of products now, thankfully on the aisle uh, yep. gluten free foods and in part, this is due to uh, beyond celiac um, uh, you know advocating for this. Um, uh those foods even those you have to they have to be tested to make sure that you know those companies have to go through some hoops to be certified as not having gluten uh eating out in restaurants is really challenging
0: yeah, that's hard, yeah. uh
1: going to college going to birthday parties so, so it's really a big the burden of disease is very high on individuals and their families but i'm happy to say that there are 13 drugs in clinical trials now at various stages And some of them have great promise to um, allow for a better life for patients with celiac disease, uh, even to the point of perhaps inducing a tolerance so that one doesn't react anymore.
0: Oh, so that would be the best thing, right? Yes. Yeah that would be the best treatment that we could find and that way in in a sense you're 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 managing it perfectly in that case and they're not going to have those reactions anymore so how but you mentioned what 12 or 13 how far out are these from becoming so, know, into clinical practice
1: right i i think i think we're a few years out still um you know before something's available for patients to use and get prescribed it, it's probably in the neighborhood of of at least 5 years maybe a little Less for for some of them, um, uh, and, and we're in that neighborhood. They're in they're at the the drug trials. And it, and it, by the way, if your listeners are interested, this is all on the Beyond Celiac website, or you can go to a website called ClinicalTrials.gov, g o v for government, and uh, and put in celiac disease, and you can see all of them. And I really do encourage patients to get involved because um, that's the only way we we need celiac folks with celiac disease to volunteer to be in these uh, trials so that we can you know, get help for yes, everybody that's
0: that's a very good point again that's beyond celiac.org Dr. Robert let's end it this way go ahead and tell us or, or let me let me ask you this way what would you like my listeners to know about celiac disease
1: so I would I would really uh, love your listeners to know um, a couple of things. first of all that uh, if if you if you think, that you might be suffering with symptoms that are unexplained and you're not feeling well, have low energy, talk to your physician about possibly ruling out celiac disease. But I would urge everyone to not make an, not just decide for themselves and start following a gluten-free diet. This, this really muddies the waters and it may not be necessary. So I think the first, the most important thing about considering Celiac disease is to go out there to your mm-hmm. physician and get a really solid evaluation. It is not hard to do. There are very good tests for this. And then your professional, your healthcare professional can help you interpret those results and set you on a good path, either ruling it out completely or, or perhaps considering that that, that okay. is exactly what is going on. And from there, um, you know, do participate in the process. Um, by, for example, um, getting joining Beyond Celiac, our registry, and get involved with our with our Facebook page and our newsletter. And this is an organization that is all about providing uh, folks with celiac disease information so that they can lead better lives.
0: Dr. Robert. Thank you for coming on the show today. And thank you for the work that you're doing. I know it's incredibly important, and you can just tell you're very passionate about it. Again, go check out BeyondCeliac.org. You're listening to Live Foreverish. For more podcasts, please visit liveforeverish.com. That's liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.